mean, you've been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting In Work. This is episode 38. I'm John O'Peck, and thank you to all you lovely listeners out there. The iTunes review of the week comes from my former podcasting partner, Dr. Matt Neal, who says, What I love about this podcast is that it's always interesting, always entertaining, but always inspiring. Every guest has their own story about following their creative dream, and each one has something to take away and apply to your own goals. It helps that interviewees are good talent, but John O'Peck is an excellent interviewer in his own right. Thank you, Matt. If you are listening this week, you might find our guest JT Russell to be equally inspiring as previous guests. JT is a guy I met in San Francisco. We were at a place called the Folsom Street Foundry, and he struck up a conversation. He said, hey, you are having a good night? I said, yes, I am. He said, is there anything I could do to make it better? I said, I don't know. And he said, what if I buy you a drink? And I said, sure. So that's the kind of guy JT is. He wants everyone to have a great time. He wants everyone to have as much fun as he is. And his story is is quite interesting. He came to me saying he wanted to come on the show and share some of his experience and and we'll go into all the detail later. But basically, JT did not go to college. He hustled his way into a bunch of different jobs and eventually had a, a pretty good marketing job. But through some struggles with substance abuse and being on the wrong side of the law, I guess it came to a point where JT had to take stock and reevaluate his priorities in life and, and decide what he really wanted to get out of his time on earth. And it's quite interesting to hear him talk about professionally the risks he's taken, some of the opportunities that he's taken and how he's redefined success and redefined the pathway to doing what he wants to do, which at the moment is uh, working in some marketing, but also on the side, he's got a website, he's doing some food reviews, he's basically doing what he wants to do. And he hasn't allowed a lack of education or the consequences of some of his poor choices stand in the way of doing those things. So here's JT to share about his unique experience. Hope you enjoy the show. JT, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, absolutely. You're a bit different from most guests because you've actually reached out to me instead of the other way around. So, Is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> well, let's finish the episode and then we'll, we'll decide whether it's worked <laughs> out or not. Okay. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about what you are doing at the moment and then we'll backtrack and see how you've ended up there. Absolutely. Yeah, so right now, um, I mean, I'm a director of marketing for a couple different companies, do it all completely on my own. So I just manage marketing strategies for different companies, and um, I've, I've designed it in a way where it just meets my needs perfectly. And then on the side, I've just pursued certain passions, like um, I have a couple websites that I'm starting, like uh, I'm starting to write a lot more. It's, it's just funny that I've been doing so much marketing writing that I think I'm an okay writer now, so and, and I kind of enjoy it. So I yeah, so I'm I'm doing like uh, some food reviews. I write about video games and then uh, just trying to write more. Yeah, that's cool, man. But uh, I, I guess it's been an unconventional journey to get where you are. So let's let's go back now. And I think you mentioned before this, you left home at 18. Is that how old are you now? I just turned 30 yesterday, actually. Happy birthday! Thank you. A day later. Um, so yeah let's go back 12 years and and go from there I didn't go to college so I I just left my mom's house I I grew up in LA County and then I moved out to Orange County 
and then just started working. Most of the jobs uh, that were available to me were like marketing jobs and sales jobs and things like that. So uh, I bounced around different industries, just kind of had no real direction, just kind of bouncing around. And then, uh, you know, as a kid, I just got a lot of trouble, <laughs> had no direction. What was putting you on that path? Was it just not knowing who you wanted to be? Just was it the wrong crowd? What What do you think was the, the issue for you that was holding you back at that point? Well, I, you know, it's hard to say I was even held back because uh, I just, okay. I had no real direction. But uh, I got into a lot of trouble and uh, I kind of always thought of life as kind of weighing me down and, and I could never really, you know, get past anywhere. When I was 18, uh, my vision was so limited that I was just kind of like going from the next thing to the other. And uh, I, I found myself, you know, in and out of jail. And then I would, you know, I'd get a job and I would do well for a little bit. And, and then I'd go back in jail and then just, you know, I'd, I'd move, I'd move three steps forward and five steps back. And, and so right. over, over time, that's really taxing on your mental state and physical state. And um, when I was 25, I was in jail for the last time. And and uh, and can, I was. Can you say how you ended up there? Yeah, I mean, it was. Uh, well, so that was a DUI, and it, and this is kind of a funny story, actually. So, so I I had gotten this job uh, about a year before, and it was actually the best job I've ever had. And what I was doing, I was I was uh, a consultant for foreign doctors, so I was doing a lot of international business, and it was it was a great job to get it. I lied on the application. Of course, they ask you like, "Do you have any felonies?" Blah blah blah, and and, uh, and I was like, "No, I don't have any felonies." And you just kind of hope that they don't check, basically. Mm. And and so, what were your felonies at that point? Oh yeah, yeah. So that was that's when I was twenty five. So that's about seven years after I left home, and so I I had bounced around a lot. Felonies came from like possession of heroin and nothing violent. It was just all like drug related. So, so that kind of catches up with you in the American legal system. I don't know how it is over there. Basically, once you're on probation, it's like, you know, every time you get pulled over, it's just a whole ordeal. So I got the DUI and for anybody else, it wouldn't be a big deal. But for me, because I was on probation, my probation officer called me and he said, Hey, you have to uh, turn yourself in and you have to go to jail. And I don't know how long it's going to be. And so I had, of course, I had to go to my boss who knew nothing about my past. And I was doing really well. Mm. And I didn't want to you know, lose my job because it was, it was the best job I had ever had. And I went to him and I was like, hey, I, I got this DUI, but I'm on felony probation. So I have to go to jail. And, and, I, and, he, <laughs> and he goes, uh, so why did you lie on the application? And I was like, well, you know, the job was a good fit for me and yada, yada, yada. And, and, and uh, I kind of, I laid it all out. I, he's like, tell me everything, right? And I just was like, screw it. I'm just going to tell you everything. And I have, not, I have nothing to lose at that point. So I laid it all out. Yeah. And he was like, well, I can understand, you know, why you did what you did. He's like, you know what? Just, you know, go do whatever you have to do. I'll put you on medical leave and you can come back whenever that is. And so I, I went into jail and, and I, I ended up only spending a month in there. So it wasn't too bad, but, um, that was, uh, that was kind of a big turning point for me because when I was in jail, you know, I was, I just told myself, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm sick and tired of this. And I made like a conscious decision just to give up everything and, and kind of go to the extreme and, and do whatever it took to, 
progress my life further, basically. Sure, because I, I guess you were enjoying having a good job and all the things that come with that, and didn't want to throw that away, did you? Yeah, it, well, it's it's just I mean, it was it's just so hard. It's just it's just it's just so much mm-hmm. work to get back to where you were, and you know, I was at a pretty good point in my life, and and I did have goals. Like like my goal at that time was to have a family and own a house, right? Feeling so close to that goal. And then and then and then getting pushed back again for for the millionth time it seemed um, it was it was yeah. just really disheartening and people probably don't know a lot about drug addiction or whatever but you're always making justifications so even when I was in jail and and they were offering me this this program I was like oh you know I'm gonna I'm gonna work the system this way I'm a, and I'm gonna you know find a loophole this way and after a couple of weeks. I was like, you know what? Like, I'm I'm just done finding loopholes. I'm just gonna, you know, bite the bullet and just, you know, not take any drugs and alcohol for for at least a couple of years. That was my plan. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, you know, do what the courts want, and I'm just gonna not take drugs or alcohol for a couple of years. And once that switch kind of turned in my brain, it was actually pretty easy for me to execute that because uh, I was just committed to it mm-hmm. and. Uh, and and yeah, I mean, it was like the a mental thing, really. Yeah, it, it it really was. I mean, obviously there's physical addictions involved, but once you get past that, it's all mental. And that switch really flipped in my brain, and and that was really uh, huge for me because there was what they did is I, I was in like just they call it like drug court, so it was really intense probation and a lot of uh, drug testing, a lot of things I had to do and hoops I had to jump through to make the courts happy. And there was other people that were doing that with me, but they seemed to fail a lot. And for me, it was it was actually pretty easy for me to do, even though it was a huge, huge thing I had to do. Um, you know, I had to work 40 hours a week, which I was already doing. But on top of that, I had to, you know, go see probation five times a week and go to meetings five times a week. And, and I couldn't drive mm-hmm. for like three months, so I had to take buses everywhere. I mean, it was like, I mean, hundreds of hours I don't know how many hours are in a week, but it was like almost all of my time. And, and, um, but I was just able mm-hmm. to execute it. It, 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 it didn't seem like a big deal to me, you know? Cool. So that was a big turning point, I guess, being in, in prison and having that idea that you needed to do something differently. I guess, um, having a boss who believed in you enough and obviously believed in your work ethic that he was going to give you another chance. Was that a big part of that turning point for you as well? I think so. Yeah. Because it just, because uh, because my boss was a doctor, and so having someone with that kind of reputation, I guess you know, believe in me, it it kind of um, it it did help me think that this was worth you know pursuing or this was worth not losing, even though where I am now, I'm I'm far away from that job, and you know my life's a lot different now. I think that was a big thing for me, where I was like, you know what, like this this person that I respect believes in me so maybe i am worth something and and so that helped me kind of say you know what i'm not going to lose this and uh that was that was huge that's cool man and i I think you mentioned in the email you sent me that was the first turning point the next one came a couple years later when you actually left that job yeah yeah i met my wife she was my girlfriend at the time and uh over the years i was i was in that job for about five years maybe five and a half years so for the last like year and a half, um, you know, I found myself very stagnant and, and uh, you know, very overworked and, and just, uh, I guess, 
being taken advantage of. From my perspective, it's like it was really hard for me to want to leave because, you know, so, someone like me who has a criminal record, which sounds really bad, but, you know, I, I guess it is. Um, <laughs> it's it's, you know, <laughs> it's not easy to, to find jobs and because and, there's always background checks, especially for the good ones. They always check background checks. And and so I was like, you know, very hesitant to leave, even though my wife was telling me, like, you know, you're you're being taken advantage of. You're not happy. You wake up every morning just unhappy. And I was getting paid pretty well, um, but after a while, I finally, you know, had the balls, and I and I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna do it. And I, and it was that day, and I called my wife. I was like, or I called my girlfriend at the time, and I was like, hey, I'm gonna do it. Like, do I have your blessing? And she was like, yeah, go for it. And and so I just left the job. I didn't have another fallback job, but it was literally like two days later when I left. My old coworker texted me. She goes, hey, my husband's in mortgage, and you know, you'd be really good. He makes good money, you know you should go send your email to this email address. And I was like, okay. And then, so I was able to find an even better job where I was very highly respected, uh, very quickly. And just that being able to, to accomplish that was, was huge for me because it's like this tangible, uh, instance that happens, you know, mm. it's, it's, it's kind of like where like you build faith on actual successes, you know, like when you're actually successful, it's like, Oh, well, well, that worked out really well. So now I know this. I I believe in myself enough to know that it'll work out. Yeah, sure. That, so you went from one pretty good job to another pretty good job. What was the next period of your life like? Being successful after taking a risk of of leaving my job like that was really big for me because you know then then I could kind of do anything. You know, um, I I just felt like there's no, nothing that was unattainable. Um, because I can, you know, uh, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I wasn't afraid to take risks. So I was just working a mortgage. I was doing great. And, and we end up, you know, vacationing to Nashville. And, you know, we, we fell in love with the city. And I was like, you know what, like, I really want to buy a house. And this is, you know, the economy is booming over here. And it's, you know, a lot cheaper than L.A. So I was like, you know what, like, I guarantee you, we I'll get you here within a year. And so I just kind of uh, made that you know, commitment to myself again. And, uh, sure enough, I was able to, you know, move to Nashville just across the whole country, uh, within a year. And that was a pretty unreal experience. And what was it that made it so you were able to do that? Well, uh, I, I made the decision first and then everything kind of fell into place afterwards. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, and, and that's kind of the, the moral of the story is, is, you know, you make a goal and, and the pieces kind of fall into place shortly after. Basically, as far as work was concerned, I told myself, I was like, you know what, I can, you know, either do mortgages or I can do sales or, or I could do something out there. It didn't really matter. My, my cost of living was going to be significantly lower. So I was like, you know, if I just have enough money saved up, I can get out there. And, uh, What's interesting is during my transition, you know, I had a good friend who who was a business owner, and this is kind of how I fell into the job I have now. I talked to my friend, and I was like, hey, you know, uh, well, actually, no, I was living at his house. <laughs> I moved out of my apartment, and I was I was I was living at his house for a bit uh, while I get ready to move, and I was just uh, learning about you know his company just just as a friend, and I was like, you know what, like I I know a lot about the way your business runs. Like I, I immediately knew exactly 
you know, how everything worked from all my past experiences being in a lot of different industries. And, and I kind of created myself uh, a, a job or created myself a position where I was like, hey, like, I'm in this transition period. Like, what's your marketing budget? Um, you know, let me do X, Y, and Z, and let's just see how it works uh, in a couple months. And so that was kind of huge for me because I was able to just transition and move to Nashville, and I already had, like, a job, and, and, um, and it was completely remote. And so that kind of allowed me to move to Nashville. That's awesome. So I guess, again, it's something where you just saw something you wanted to do and you found a way to make it happen without actually, I guess, having what most people would say the experience or the certificate, the piece of paper on the wall that says that you should be able to do it. Yeah, I definitely didn't have the piece of paper, but I mean, I did have the job experience. I was able to, to, um, you know, understand it pretty quickly, but yeah, I, I definitely didn't have any kind of a piece of paper to prove that. Uh, I mean, obviously this was a friend, so it's, it's kind of more, more lax. Than, than, than an actual you know company that doesn't know me, but I was able to. But you just, still had to convince him, didn't you? You had to convince him that it was something you were capable of, and that he would actually benefit from having you involved in it. Correct, and I was able to to you know work out a trial period, which uh, was nice. That allowed me to kind of you know create the job myself and give me the freedom to do it. Because now what I do is I do what I do for him, but then I. As I worked with his vendors and his clients, I just kind of developed my own clients. So, you know, I, I work with him as a, you know, I work with his company, but now I have like, you know, several other companies that, that I've made my clients. And, and that's how I've, I basically found myself where I am now, where, uh, you know, I'm, I'm completely uh, on my own terms and and i can uh have the freedom to uh do what i want in life and and work doesn't have to bog me down yeah that's cool because I, I guess when you look back five years ago you probably didn't think you'd have many options but you've gone ahead and just made your own options yeah i think i think the biggest thing is is that you know a lot of people including me for a long time was you know life was living me or i was kind of going from next challenge or one challenge to the next and life would just throw at me all these challenges, which, you know, doesn't stop even now, but it's your mindset that kind of changes because once you're kind of on top of that and you know that you can kind of accomplish anything and, and there's always kind of a way to do what you want to do. Um, you got to kind of be open to it. Once you have that mindset, uh, all the challenges that life throws at you, it's, it doesn't affect you the same way. You know, you can kind of do whatever you want at that point. Mm. And if you, if you think back five years ago when you had the, you know, heroin addiction or what you were going through at that point, having five years without that burden on you, are you just feeling able to accomplish so much more? Have you got, you know, how is your life different now compared to then? Well, I mean, yeah, obviously, like, I'm, I'm clear-headed, um, but I think... I don't think that that makes me different from everyone else because I think everyone else is pretty clear-headed normally. It just took me a lot more yeah. work to get there. <laughs> but yeah, when when you're su when you're suffering from severe addiction, it's like your vision is is very short-sighted. You know, it's like every hour to the next or or every day to the next. You know, nowadays it's like I I mean I don't drink, I don't do anything, and and I'm very happy about that. Uh, it's it's funny because you know my wife. And I, we, we love to go out. We love to go to concerts. We love to like party and 
just, you know, do all kinds of crazy stuff. And people either, they don't realize that I'm not drinking or they, they trip mm-hmm. out on it. And, uh, the best way I can explain it is kind of the same idea for me. It's like when I'm around everyone that's drinking, I mean, people drink to lower their inhibitions. And so if everyone around me is feeling, you know, loosey goosey and free, it's like, I can kind of feel the same way because everyone around me doesn't really care anyways. You know? Yeah. I think the, the day that we met actually, I would have, you know, sworn that you were having a, yourself a good time because you were, I think you bought me a drink that night. And, I probably did. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell that story in the, in the intro to this podcast, I think, but, um, it was, it was a good night at the foundry. Yeah. That's oh, oh, that was, yeah, yeah, exactly. No, that was great. It was, it was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say has been the hardest part of this journey for you? The hardest struggle that you've had to overcome or challenge that you've had to push through? I would say, you know, moving across the country was, was definitely hard, but it, it didn't feel as hard as I would say, like leaving that company I was with when I was consulting doctors, it was so risky and it just, it took me a lot to get there. Uh, obviously once I did it, it was very freeing and, and it didn't really, uh, hurt too much after that but to get to that point was really hard because i i took a lot of punishment and uh it was it was really scary once i did it it was i guess a cakewalk or it felt like that way at least it probably seemed like uh rolling the dice a bit though because you were you know sitting on maybe a three and you roll that dice and maybe you can hit a six but you don't know if you're going to hit a one either do you yeah and and, and, and it's scary because i had a committed girlfriend and so it's not i'm not just living for myself i I can't just lose my apartment or just go, get kicked out in the streets like like I was before because I have this other person that I care about and and it's and that's just not okay and and so that's a different mm-hmm. you know way of thinking I guess. Sure, you just kind of casually mentioned there that you were living on the streets. What was is that like a period between eighteen and twenty five? I was kind of using it figuratively. Um, I wasn't. I was never really homeless, but but when I say living on the streets, I mean like like bouncing around like. Yes. Um, like renting rooms from people and just, you know, not Cap paying surfing, rent and then yeah. leaving to the next place and just kind of, I mean, that's what I think living on the streets is bouncing around and, and, um, hustling yourself around where, whereas, you know, if you have a girlfriend, sure. I mean, or a wife, you, you definitely know, like <laughs> they won't put up with that <laughs> at all. No, they won't. Yeah. So what would be your advice to people who maybe, they feel like they're stuck in a job they don't like, or maybe they themselves have an addiction that's keeping them from reaching their potential. I, I hate to be like the advice giver, but I guess that's what this show's about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and I am, you know, I, I have found my own success. So I guess I am in a position where I can't give advice. Uh, but yeah, um, all, you know, being in a burden job or having drug addiction, those are all really powerful things that can hold you back. The best thing I can say is that, you know, you you can find a way out of it or a way to better yourself. You can, you just kind of have to be open to it. Just like the, the job I have now, you know, I I didn't know that, that I it would be good for me or I didn't know that I wanted it, but I had a different life goal and, and it just, you know, I, I created it myself and uh, opportunities will come in your life that present themselves that way. And, and it, you just kind of have to be open to receive them. Um, you know, now in my life, there's, there's just so many things that happen on a regular basis that are just amazing. And, and it's, it, it does result of me being just open. Like, for example, like 
with with you, you know, you wanted to write a book. And so you're like, okay, well, how can I write a book? And you kind of just, you know, figured out that, you know, well, let's try this crowdfunding thing. And, you know, and maybe that crowdfunding thing did, wouldn't have worked. Um, maybe you would have failed with the crowdfunding and you would have done something else. But the only way it did work is because you tried it. Mm. Um, n- now in my life, it's like I I do the marketing thing and, and that pays the bills and it – but what's even better about it is it just it, it frees me up to pursue whatever else I want because, you know, now I I have these these hobbies or passions that I'm able to do and and I'm able to risk risk some time uh, to do them like uh, I've been doing a lot of marketing writing so I've been kind of enjoying writing so I, I started a website uh, lordcarnitas.com it's a food blog because <laughs> I love food but I also love analyzing things. It's really fun for me. Um, it's going to launch pretty soon, but uh, I, cool. I have a Twitter also. Yeah, it's at lord underscore carnitas dot com. Um, but yeah, so it's just it's just a passion that that I'm able to pursue now. And uh, sorry, I went on a tangent, but that's <laughs> I think I think the point was made. Yeah, and I, I guess it's about finding creative ways to use the skills that you have as well, right? Yeah. And, and you know what, and, and, and that was the point is like, it's like, you know, you, you did the crowdfunding thing, but th- that may not have worked, but, but you have to kind of try those things. And like, uh, the musician that you had on, on, uh, your podcast, uh, Tom, you, yeah. you were asking him and he was like, well, anyone can, can set up a tour and I'm a musician as well. So I know how that works. It's like, yeah, you can call the bars and, and set up appointments, you know, for the next three months to at least get yourself by it's all very possible some people think oh no you have to have a manager and you have to have this you have to have that and and they they create all these road obstacles uh or roadblocks for themselves when they're actually not there especially in our age and then um also the gentleman who does the filming in in texas he he just pixel brave yeah yeah, he just does it. Like, like that's that's what he does. And I don't know if, if he makes any money off of it, but he probably has other freelance jobs that that pay enough so he can do his other stuff. But but he just keeps filming because that's his passion, and he finds his own way to to make a a living and not die. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You just gotta make it happen, hey. Yeah. You gotta put in the work. Yeah, you gotta put in work. <laughs> JT, what would you do? If you knew that you couldn't fail, oh, this is great. And if I knew that I could, I love this. Um, if I knew I couldn't fail, what would I do? Well, well, the the kid in me would say I would I would be a professional musician because that's something that I pursued when I was younger. Um, I do it on the side now, and it's great. But I just I don't want that life anymore. It would be awesome and glorious. It's funny, and, yeah. Yeah. It's funny how the older you get, the less glamorous it looks. <laughs> yeah, know? and and I've I've been there to a certain extent, so it's yeah, it's just it's it it doesn't appeal to me as much as it would. Uh, but yeah. uh, let's see. So if I couldn't fail, oh, I would just I would just travel. I would I would just I would travel and I would eat and I would write about it and and right. I would just. And then, and then from that point, I was just kind of do whatever I want. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 I guess it wouldn't be one thing. It would just be uh, allowing me to to do whatever I want. <laughs> that sounds really good, though. It's the like, worst answer traveling, ever. <laughs> eating. No, I mean, like, that could be the best answer I've had because I, I can, can't imagine anything better than traveling around just eating and writing about it. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, another thing too is is if if you can't if you do one thing and can't fail. Oh, sorry, I have a better answer. The one thing I would do it it, it goes along with the last answer, but um, and you can cut this or whatever. But uh, no, that's good. I, I would invest my mo- I would invest my money into something that wouldn't fail, and then that would just provide me the means to do whatever I wanted. to. Okay, you've gone with like the the genie wish for it. A thousand wishes, kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 a combination of the two. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks for sharing your story, JT. It's really uh really appreciate you opening up, and I'm sure that there'll be some people out there that can relate to your story. Yeah, I mean, I'm. It's it's my pleasure. Obviously, I reached out to you. Um, I just I'm I'm really happy right now, and and I just feel like I can do anything, and uh, I want other people to feel that way too. That's nice. That's great. Congrats on getting married and congrats on turning 30 as well. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's insane. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm really happy. Uh, and, and thank you so much, Jono, for bringing me on here. Thank you for listening. You can check out JT on Twitter at Lord Carnitas. You can check out his website, lordcarnitas.com, for all those food reviews and whatever else JT gets up to. As always, I'm on Twitter at Jono himself. Until next week, keep putting in work.